98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort Masters, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. Yep, let's run through the top stories of the day today here on Burns and Gambo. Thank you, Eric. We'll start with the Arizona Diamondbacks as they and Cattell Marte officially agreed to and officially announced the five-year extension between the two sides. Here's GM Mike Hazen on Cattell. He's our best player. We have talked about what we need to do to win and turn back around where we are today. And you do that with elite players. And Cattell is certainly an elite player. So the commitment is there to keep him here for five more years, Gambo. And for Cattell Marte, it's another $76 million that he collects on that. Yeah, I mean, there's no question. He's their best player. Um, How you get this team to be more competitive and to win more games is going to be fascinating to me. This is a team that won 50-something games last year. I was looking USA Today MLB win totals for 2022. Only the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Baltimore Orioles are projected uh, their six-person panel. Only the Orioles and the Pit- and the Pittsburgh Pirates are projected to have more losses than the 101-loss Arizona Diamondbacks on their predictions. Yeah, yeah. Diamondbacks lose 101 games. The Pirates 102. The Orioles 103. Woo, yeah, man. I know. I know. Yeah. I know that the, the, the bar is very low for the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. There's zero debate about that. There's also, a bar? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a bar. <laughs> yeah. Do they serve drinks at the bar? That's that's yeah. that's what I want to know. The um, This was something Tory confirmed with us earlier, and it's being reported now. Zach Gallen will make his Cactus League debut for the Diamondbacks tomorrow when he starts against the Rockies at Salt River Fields. Opening day is a week from Thursday. So we're nine days away from opening day. We'll see how ready Zach Gallen can be, given that his spring got off to a little bit late of a start. An honor for Tommy Lloyd of the University of Arizona Wildcats men's basketball team. He was named Coach of the Year in college basketball today by the National Association of Basketball Coaches, Gambo. Yeah, what an incredible first year for Tommy Lloyd. I think they were fourth or fifth uh, projected to finish in the Pac-12. They end up winning the Pac-12 regular season championship the Pac-12 Tournament Championship. They get to the Sweet 16 as a number one seed. I think very disappointing uh, to blow an opportunity to get to a Final Four. No question about that in my mind, but you you can't deny the job that he did in his first season uh, with with that team. And He's going to put a couple of guys in the pros, and he's got some good recruiting going on right now, so well-deserved. Cliff Kingsbury spoke publicly today, and the two main takeaways, number one, Kyler Murray and the franchise are still in a good place. And number two, DeAndre Hopkins is set to return from injury sometime in the next month or two. Those are the two main takeaways today, Gambo. Yeah, I, I don't expect anything, any issues with Kyla Murray at all. I mean, I know we're going to continue to talk about this up until they make a decision whether to give him a contract extension or not. There's still plenty of time. But, you know, Cliff and Kyler both have the same age. And as most people know, um, you know, they've kind of been connected at the hip ever since they got here. So I wouldn't have expected any animosity or anything between the two. There was an injury update today for Monty Williams on Cam Johnson, who said that he is progressing. They are hopeful he will return with 
within the next week. There's not an official update on a return date for Cam Johnson, but I can tell you that Cam Johnson is listed as doubtful for tomorrow's game against Golden State after missing the last 12 games. JaVel McGee is out for tomorrow's game against the Warriors with that non-COVID illness as the Suns take on Golden State on the road tomorrow night, Gambo. Yeah, this, you know, when I had my report on Chris Paul last week, um, you know, I, I mentioned that Cam Johnson was a few games behind him. Took that that knee to the thigh for Mitchell Robinson against the Knicks. Same injury he had when his when he was a rookie against the same player. He missed some time there, but he was a few games behind Chris Paul. What does that mean? Three games? Four games? I expect that he will be back, he'll be back very soon. And sticking with NBA injury news, and some of this might very well impact the Phoenix Suns in a couple of weeks, the athletic Sham Sharania has confirmed that barring a setback, Paul George will return for the Clippers tonight. L.A., of course, is a team the Suns might face in the first round of the NBA playoffs. Yeah, and he gave them a lot of problems last year, even without Kawhi Leonard. I mean, it is a tremendous talent, a great player. That team plays hard. Like, they'll play hard. So, uh, not that I think that they have any chance of beating the Suns, especially without Kawhi, but Paul, Paul George is very capable of being, a, you know, a, a guy that can that can carry his team and and win him a game or two. I think I think the Clippers, well, uh, probably more Minnesota. I think the Clippers, if that's who it's going to be in the first round, pose the biggest threat of making it a longer series than just about any other team they would play in the first round. I, I think the Clippers, I, I have a lot of respect for how hard the Clippers play. You just mentioned it a second ago. I'm not scared of them, but I am concerned that a series against them takes a little bit longer for the Suns than maybe it does for somebody else because of just how hard they play. And it is. It's not It's not a great matchup for the Suns with all those wing players and how well they shoot and defend and things like that. One other quick note from the NBA. Also, according to Sham, Zion Williamson traveled with the Pelicans to Portland. It's the first multi-game road trip he has embarked on all season. It's a step in the right direction. He remains out indefinitely. Of course, the Suns could also play the Pelicans in the first round of the playoffs, depending on how things go. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I mean, that's a team ever since the C.J. McCollum trade. That That's a team that has played much better basketball. Uh, I don't you know whether they get Zion back or not. We you know we don't know, but there's, a, there's some talent there. Yeah. C.J.'s a good play. Not that he, any of these teams could beat the Suns, but, you know, we're, we're sitting here trying to figure out what's the best matchup. Is it the Clippers? Is it the Timberwolves? Is it, is it the Pelicans? It doesn't really matter. Um but I do think that the you know for the Pelicans' sake, just to get in the playoffs would be would be really good for them after the start they had. No doubt about it. But our top story of the day today is something that caught uh, all of our attention on ESPN.com. It's the third time they've done it this year. They held a straw poll with a bunch of their NBA writers to get an idea of what the MVP race looks like right now. The last time they did this was about a month and a half ago, and Chris Paul was fifth. Devin Booker was tied for 10th. We've all wondered how much the play of Devin Booker without Chris Paul and the overall record of the Suns would do to boost his case. Today we found out in the latest and final NBA MVP straw poll on ESPN.com, Devin Booker right now is in 7th when it comes to the MVP voting. But as Gamble pointed out earlier when we were talking about this, keep in mind, Outside of the big three of Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis, that's one, two, three right now. The only other players to get a second-place vote other than those three guys, John Morant got one, Devin Booker got one. Booker also got three third-place votes. So there are some out there who are at least giving an idea and an indication that Devin Booker certainly belongs 
higher than seventh and maybe yeah. even second or third, depending on how these votes turn out. Yeah, listen, I don't, I don't look, he's not going to win the MVP award. We, we, we talk about it. It's uh, it's controversial. It's debate. I think the NBA likes this, which is why there's no criteria for the voters, you know, as to, you know, how do you choose an MVP candidate? What, what are some of the criteria you should look for? I mean, I think they like angry fan bases arguing over this stuff. <laughs> I mean, you know, the best team last year was the Utah Jazz, the, the leading scorer on that team was Donovan Mitchell that guy usually the best player the best player and leading scorer on the best team usually gets a lot of consideration and and Donovan Mitchell didn't get any he wasn't even all NBA the top three are locked in it's Giannis Jokic and Embiid and so that's tier one and then you've got tier two you got Luca and Ja and Book and Steph and Tatum and those guys are all battling for who could get who could get the highest who's going to get fourth who's going to get fifth and Book's in that conversation look I'm not discouraged by this he was 10th and now he's 7th I mean obviously he's made a greater impact over the, since the last straw poll to move up from 10th to 7th. I think if he were to finish, I, I, I like how you phrase that in the tiers. Okay, tier one is Jokic and Bede and Giannis. And That's he, it. And, and he's not cracking that. It's going to be one of those three guys who wins it. Windhorst was on national TV on ESPN today. He said, look, it's going to be Jokic or Embiid, and that's that. It's not going to be anybody else who wins it. But I think you're right. If Devin Booker can finish fourth in this, if he can be at the top of the second tier of MVP voters, I think that's a huge win for Devin Booker and a huge win for the Suns. I really do, and I and I know that's yeah. you know that's trying to that, that you 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 can be disappointed if your guy didn't win MVP, and I get that, but you also have to be realistic about this to a certain extent. Devin Booker's not winning the MVP, but if he can finish as the highest vote getter among everybody else other than those top three, right? I think that's a big victory for him, and I think that's a big victory for them. Like, I really believe that. Yeah, because the argument should not be should Booker win the MVP. He's not going to win the MVP. Yeah, and he shouldn't finish ahead of Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid. The debate should be where does he rank in the second tier? Luka, Ja, um, Steph, and Tatum. I mean, I think him and Ja won too. I think he's ahead of Luca. I think he's ahead of Steph. I think he's ahead of Tatum. Um, that's me. Tatum's done a great job. I mean, so maybe you make an argument for him. Some people, you know, Luca's such a great player. But I think that's the argument. The argument is where should he fit in those five? Yes. Out of those five guys, is he first, second, third, fourth, or fifth? Because I'm not, to me, I don't even look at the top three guys and try to compare Book to those three guys. He's not going to He's not gonna get more votes than any nope. of them, and we know it. And, and I have him, I, look, it's bias. I'm biased for the hometown team. I'll, I'll be the first to admit that. But I do think one thing that could maybe work against John Morant is that record they have without him. You know that that's right. Fifteen and two, fifteen and, 15 and th- whatever right. it is now. I haven't, I've I've lost track of what it is now. But as of a couple of days ago, it was fifteen and two. You can make an argument that hey, that's a really good basketball team around John Morant. They're obviously winning basketball games without him. Uh, I, I I think Devin Booker belongs. If the list is Morant, Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, Curry, and Booker. I think he belongs at the top of that category. I think he belongs at the top of that tier. I don't know if he's going to end there, but I think he belongs there. And I think that'd be a nice victory. That'd be a nice be feather in the yeah. cap. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast, and it works just like every podcast you enjoy listening to. You subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You're not going to miss any of the shows. Burns and Gambo Show podcast. It's brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Everything is all good, at least according to Cliff Kingsbury. What is all good is what we'll talk about next here on Burns and Gambo. 
98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. John Gambadero, Dave Burns, Burns and Gambo, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Happy Tuesday to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Oh, it's a Ruby Tuesday. Ah, I was one there. Whoa, oh, yeah. There it is, 417 in the afternoon. I was wondering when that was. So it was in the that. email. It was in the email. Oh, yeah. I, it, it's okay. In the email amongst the four of us is one thing. On the air and on air reference to it being a Ruby Tuesday. So is every we used to Why have is it that oh, Tuesdays are the only day we actually have some. It's a Fruit Tuesday. Fruit it's Tuesday. a Ruby Tuesday. I mean, Tuesday seems to be a special day on the Burns and Gambo show. <laughs> There's a rumor that it's the most productive day of the week. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but studies say it's the huh. most. It's the most. I, I, I've heard Paul Calvisi mention that ten thousand times. That Tuesdays. Really? So yeah, the Tuesdays are, I guess, statistically the most productive day of the week. All I know is that Eric Ruby, our afternoon contributor and update guy. It's a Ruby Tuesday. Sometimes we call it a Fruit Tuesday because once upon a time I was doing my straight up 2 o'clock and I thought it was Friday and it was actually Tuesday. So I said Fruit Tuesday. Yes. And on this Fruit Tuesday afternoon. Fruit Tuesday. (laughs) And listen, my favorite part about that soundbite isn't me screwing it up. Big shocker. My favorite part about that soundbite is how quickly Gambo like recognized I got the day wrong. Play it back. Play it back. One more. Give it to me one more time. Listen to it. The- on this for Tuesday afternoon. Oh, oh there he goes. Oh, oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was waiting on that. <laughs> he was, he was yeah, waiting it's a fruit on- Tuesday. <laughs> I had some pineapple and strawberries today. It's like. Uh, there's it's like peanut other- butter and jelly. It's like chocolate and peanut butter. Strawberries and, and pineapple. Best combination of fruit you could have out there. It's a fruit Tuesday, absolutely. Huh. Yeah. On this Tuesday afternoon, it's not Tuesday, you moron. It's Thursday <laughs> afternoon. Oh, well, there's a second time. You I want it to be Tuesday. In your in your brain, your brain is working. You want it to be Tuesday. Apparently. You yeah. are so productive. Your I, brain tricked it. Because you want to be productive. You want to be a productive person. I do. I wanna I wanna contribute to society. I, I really want to play my role in this culture. And I, I, I want I want to contribute. I want it to be Tuesday. I really do. Uh, JJ Watt contributed. Did you see his video today? Have you seen it yet? I told you about it earlier. I've not seen the video, but I got I got a comeback for. But okay, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. It's, I'll wait. It's, it's it's a good comeback. So JJ Watt tweets out this video. It's not very long. It's like five seconds, and he's at the Cardinals facility there in Tempe, and he's working out. And behind him is Kyler Murray, and Kyler Murray's working out, and and all JJ Watt said was. But, 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 and, and the, the point of the video is very obvious. It's like, right. but yeah. I thought Kyler Murray wasn't a leader, but I thought Kyler yeah. Murray wasn't committed right. to the team. Yeah. I thought Kyler Murray wasn't a good guy. I thought Kyler was, but JJ, but. JJ, wake me up when Kyler's studying film. Okay. <laughs> wake me when, wake me when you're sitting in one of those rooms and Kyler's on, got the big screen in front of him. He's going over the game against the Rams. Just as funny right? the second time as it was the first time. Yeah. Just that way we could, we could throw all the butts in the world. Okay? <laughs> so wake me up when Kyler's at the facility and he's got the little remote clicker and he's rewind, fast forward, rewind, fast forward. He's watching some film. Then you can get that. Ned will listen to you. Okay. Now, here's how I'm going to know J.J. Watt listens to the show. Tomorrow, if he tweets out a video of Kyler Murray watching film, then I'm then I'm going to know that he JJ, can't leave right. us hanging on like a yo-yo. Is That's it, all I ask. That, right? I, yeah. Then we'll know. JJ okay, Kyler's will. working out. Okay, yeah. So what? I mean, who like? <laughs> so is everybody else in the world? <laughs> 
Well, speak speak for yourself. Speak for yourself, Gamble. I'm on a I'm on a stretch of about five or six straight days where I haven't gotten a workout in. So what? Yeah, I know. It's I really have to. How be. are you going to bring sexy back if you're not working out? I don't know if I ever had it in the first place, wow. so I don't know if I can bring it back. I'm not really sure that's how that works. But um, I, I Kyler's Kyler's there. He's working out. Of course, we all understand the point JJ's trying to make, right? Like there have been so many comments and criticisms about Kyler and his work ethic and Kyler and his body language and Kyler and his leadership and Kyler and his this and Kyler and his that. This is J.J. Watts. And you know what? We we tease. Good for J.J. for standing up for his guy, right? Good for good for J.J. for showing, hey, we got his back. He's here. He's working out. I want to show you all that he's working. I mean, that's, that's fine. That's all good and well. Cliff Kingsbury's comments today at the uh, NFL meetings, quote, we, as in the Cardinals and Kyler, we're in a good place. That's the business side of it. I stay out of things for the most part. But as far as our relationship, it's always been great. And we see him as the long-term future, and I know he feels the same way. Close quote. You expect anything different? Nope. Not at all. Well, I mean, you know, Cliff's not going to rock the boat here. He's going to say the, the appropriate answers, and we love him, and uh, we're heading forward, and he wants to be here, and... You know, I mean, Cliff doesn't have a say in whether Michael Bidwell gives him a contract or not. And I don't know that Michael wants needs a lot of input, you know, from from Cliff on that. But, um, you know, I, I think a contract extension for Kyle is going to get done before the season starts. I still believe it. it's going to. I think that, you know, Cliff and you know, Cliff got his extension and Steve got his extension. And not that it's only fair that Kyler gets his, but I still think that they want to get something done with Kyler. And I think they're just going to bet on him. I mean, there's things you don't like about Kyler Murray. Like, there are things that you don't like about – there are things that we all don't like about Kyler Murray. But, I mean, you know, I, I think you're better off betting on him than – Betting on the alternative. Oh, we don't like Kyler. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Okay, let's kick him to the curb. We're not going to pay him. We'll get a new quarterback. Really? Okay. All right. Good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Good luck. I think they'll bet on Kyler, even though there's definitely flaws there. I think he's worth betting on. Yeah, it's just been, you know what, and this is a good thing. I'm not complaining about this at all. It's It's been really quiet from, from the Kyler Murray perspective. We haven't had a lot of agent complaints. We haven't had a lot of tweets. We haven't had, and I'm speaking within the last week or two, there hasn't been a lot of drama kind of affiliated with Kyler and his side of the story. And I don't know if that's a good thing. I don't know if that's a bad thing. What I, what I want more than anything, Gambo, I, w- I want there to be kind of a sense of trust fostered between Kyler Murray, his agent, and the Arizona Cardinals. Because it, it, like, it seems like it should be good enough for the Cardinals to go to Kyler and his agent and say, look, you are a priority. You're just not a priority right now. And these deals typically get done for rookie quarterbacks or rookie contracts for the quarterback position, they usually get done in June, July, in August. Right. Trust us. We're going to address this when it's the right time to address this. And what has concerned me about this whole thing more than anything is that it doesn't seem like Kyler or his agent really trust the Cardinals when it comes to this. And that's where all this noise has come from. And that that makes me uncomfortable because it it should be enough for the Cardinals to go to Kyler and his agent and say, trust us, we're going to work something out. We're, we're going we're to come up with a deal that works for everybody. And I don't like the fact that Kyler's agent and Kyler just don't seem to trust the Cardinals in that regard. That, that, that yeah. makes me nervous. Yeah. Well, the, the, and, and I think the one thing is, yeah, they'll make an offer, but that you know the, the fear is that they're going to make an offer that you have to refuse. Yeah, we're going to make an offer of uh you know 
$30 million, $35 million a year when they feel that they're worth 40 to $46 million a year. And then you got to turn it down because you're not going to take a, a below market value based on what you feel you know, your, your comps are. So I think the fear from the Murray side would simply be that the Cardinals, they'll get to it, they'll get push it off, push it off, push it off, and they make you an offer you have to refuse. And in the meantime, if you would have known that that was going to be the offer, you could have pushed it, pushed it a little bit more for a trade or, you know, gotten set for the hold out of the hold in. So I, I do think that that's probably what their fear is. Probably. And I, I was reading this story about the Raiders and Derek Carr, and, and you know, I don't want to read too much into it, but it does seem like those two parties are just in a better spot when it comes to working out a deal. They, they There seems to be a little bit of trust between the Vegas Raiders and Derek Carr that they're going to be able to find some kind of sweet spot in the contract extension. And I just want the same thing for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. I want the, if these two sides are really going to be in this long-term relationship with each other for 10, 15 years, however long it ends up being, it's got to start with trust, and if you don't have that, that's a real shaky ground to kind of start this relationship off on long term. Hopefully it gets fixed. I, I think you're right. I think at some point this summer there'll be a contract extension for Kyla Murray as long as we'll just see how much boat rocking happens between now and then when it comes to the two sides. When we come back, baseball season is nine days away. Is the Diamondbacks starting shortstop going to be ready for opening day nine days from now? Some comments from the manager have us wondering. That's next here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Tuesday here on Burns and Gambo. Why would yeah. you? Yeah, right? Sure. Why not? It's Ruby Tuesday. I'll take it. You should. It's time to update our Twitter poll question of the day with Ruby, 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 Eric Ruby here on the Burns and Gambo show. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. I love that song. I'm a big fan of that song. That, that song. Who sings it? Uh, the Kaiser Chiefs. Right, the Kaiser Chiefs. Yeah, it's a, the Kaiser Sosays. They? They, they never miss a beat. They are they are relatively obscure. Other than that song, I don't think they've had a ton of hits beyond that one. And that's an, kind of an older song, but I do like that song. Have right. you ever eaten at Ruby Tuesday, like the restaurant? Yeah, yeah, yeah I have. Yeah, long time ago. Yeah, I, know, I haven't been forever. I have. It's been a while. All right, so Eric Ruby is here with our Twitter poll question of the day. What do you have for us today? All Eric? right, all right, all right. The most wins the Suns can get this season is 68. And with seven games remaining, you think they will end up winning blank amount of games. Your options are 65 or fewer, 66, 67, and 68. We're getting real specific here. Real specific. 66. 67. I'm going to give him one loss. Right. And I hate doing that because they always seem to prove us wrong. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, like it makes them out. Like, no, I mean, I remember when they went on that, that when they were having that winning streak. Like, when are they going to lose their next game? And I picked Atlanta. Everybody picked a game. You I took the Atlanta. One game. Yeah. The and they one lost game. one freaking game. Yeah. They lost one game. The one game they lost. What's our uh, audience say on this one so far? It's pretty much identical to what it was about two hours ago. 52.3% think 66 wins. 22.6% think 67. 13. Point two percent say sixty eight, and eleven point nine percent say sixty five or fewer. Uh, all right.
right. They don't play again until tomorrow night when they take on the Golden State Warriors. Let's talk a little Diamondbacks baseball for a couple of minutes. We had Tori Lovello on the show earlier. There's a lot to talk about. So there's a lot to unpack with the state of this team right now with opening day. Uh, nine days away, next Thursday, is when the Diamondbacks uh, open up the Major League Baseball season. I think the biggest question mark right now, at least I have Gambo, was Tori's answer to the question about Nick Ahmed. We asked him a question about an update regarding Nick, and the answer kind of made me a little uncomfortable. The answer made me think there might be some bad news coming when it comes to Nick Ahmed. Let me play it for you here real quick. His body and his parts, look, it's like it's like a, a shark fin, right? You, you, the shark can't swim in the water unless he's got everything perfectly uh, set up and, and he's ready to go and he's, he's on the prowl. Nick Ahmed has a prowler mentality. He wants to go out there, execute at an extremely high level, but you know, one of, you know, one of these very important features on him is not right, and his right shoulder is right now uh, being evaluated by a team of doctors. Where that takes him, we're going to find out over the next couple of days. Nick is a very important piece of this puzzle. He anchors us defensively. He's always working on his game offensively. We miss him while he's out of these lineups. We don't know what's going on. We'll get that evaluation. Hopefully he's going to miss as little as time as possible. There was a pause, though, before he answered. We, you didn't get that from the soundbite that I just played. There was a there was a pause to, like, like he just wasn't quite sure how to answer, and I just have a bad feeling that maybe there's some bad news that's about to come down when it comes to Nick Ahmed sometime wow. in the next couple of days. Just an instinct gamble, yeah. nothing else. Uh, listen, I think, you know, look, I think that it would have liked to have moved Nick Ahmed and David Peralta at the trade deadline last year, and that didn't happen, and there were no takers for those guys. Nick, has, Nick had always been a... You know, a really good uh, defensive player. I mean, I don't, I don't know how to find errors by year, but I think you know, I think these, I think last year, I think he even slipped defensively, which was you know, it's always been his, the strength of his game was his defense. I think he slipped uh, last year defensively, but I don't know how to find the errors for the season. I got to try. Uh, uh, I've, I've got it right here for you. you have it? I, I, I found okay. it very, very quickly. Well, how uh, many errors did he have last he year? He had nine errors last year. Okay, but that's more than he's had in previous years, uh, right? He had 13 back in 2019. Oh, wow. Uh, but but typically, yeah, he's sitting... Well, I mean, here are his errors by season. He had uh, 9, 7 last year. He had... Now, remember in... in okay, How many did he have last year? 9 last year? Yeah, 9 last year. 9 in 2021. He had 7 in... in, okay. in okay, but okay, this is what you That was a shortened season. That was a seven. shortened season. That, yep, was, in that was in 56 games. He had 7 errors. That That's was the high. One you're thinking that was of. extremely yeah. high. That you know that over 162 games that's about 20 errors. Yes. Yeah. Which, that which, was a, and that yeah. would be the that would blow away every other number he's ever had in his entire career kind of thing. Yeah, it, it was it was really bad that year for him, no doubt. Yeah, I, I they he is not the future at shortstop for this team. We all know that. I mean, you know, Tory you know everybody's going to be an important piece to Tory because this team is you know, projected to win about 60, to lose 100 games. They're projected to lose 100 games again. So, you know, everybody's an important piece to come together and and and, and play together as a team and, and prove a lot of the doubters wrong. I mean, nobody's going to pick the Diamondbacks to finish anywhere but last place. USA Today, I said this a little bit earlier on the show, USA Today's projections are that 
only the Pirates and the Orioles will lose more games than the Diamondbacks. You know, the Diamondbacks are at, I think, like 101, and then the Pirates and the Orioles are 102, 103. Yep, you're correct. So three, three teams projected to lose 100 games. They're one of those teams. They didn't do anything in the offseason. Their payroll's a little bit under $100 million. It's not like they're spending $50 million. So the payroll's still, you know, decent. I mean, it's a decent payroll, but the way the team was put together, I mean, it, it's just that wasn't put together very strong. And as so many guys had down years last year. Um, and then, you know, Bumgarner's salary, right? The first year was really good, but then it bumped up. So, I mean, you know, you look at what Bumgarner's making. I mean, he's got to be what? He's got to be 20 to 25% of what their, what their salary is. Yeah, I'd year. have to look at his exact salary, but I imagine you're probably pretty close yeah, I mean, that's that. a lot of money going to one guy. So, you know, they, they, you know, they lost Granky, and it may have been, it may, look, it was, it was a mistake. I mean, you lost Zach Granky, and then you go out there and you spend $100 million on Madison Bumgarner, and you don't have a team that can win, and it just, it, it, it was definitely a mistake. I mean, it would have been better off going year by year with different guys than putting all that money on, on Bumgarner. But as we talked about last year, you might get to the point this year if Bumgarner pitches well, and this will be a big talking point at some point in the season, trust me, you might get to the point where you could trade him because enough of that money may be off of the contract with last year and then, you know, half of this season that you might be able to say, okay, it's it's worth it. Well, I even, th- I even thought it last year when he started to pitch well that maybe somebody would get Madison Bumgarner and say, okay, I'll, I'll – because he was pitching better. But if you – if you take if you trade him and at at the trade deadline this year, he's only on the books for thirty seven million dollars next year and the year after, plus whatever would be due this year. So you could basically have three three years or two and a half years of Madison Bumgarner for about forty five million dollars. Yeah, and that might be it's enough. not terrible. It's not terrible, it, depending on how he performs this year and whether he makes it enticing or not. Um, the season is ten days away, nine days away. You would think in that set of circumstances, the Diamondbacks would be done bringing in outside guys for this roster, but there's still a hole and a question mark at third base. And so Tori says that's not necessarily the case. We might not be done bringing in outside guys. When we talked about signing Zach Davies, that was a fantastic addition. Um, and it, it, it wasn't there. It was Ian Kennedy. Um, but our group, our front office is so good at watching our ball club, having, coming in, having conversations with myself and the rest of the staff, getting input as to where we are, where some of those holes are where some of the improvements can be made and you know we we're not going to go out and sign Babe Ruth we know that we have to be very creative with who we're going to sign who we're going to bring in and we want to bring in good people good teammates that fit into what we need each and every day but with opening day nine days away I'm really curious to see if there's a a third base is the position we're talking about I mean let's call it like it is there there's a there's a hole there on this roster do they go outside to fill it, or do they try to fill it from within with Josh Rojas or somebody else that's on the roster? Don't know. We'll First have off, to see. What's the over-under on the amount of times Tori Lovello credits how great the front office is? <laughs> um, I mean, for the season? For the our front s- office is so great at this. And our front office is so great at that. Our front, okay, right, okay. Can we, can we, how many games did we win last year? Like, okay, like, um, third base is a problem. And, you know, there's just not a lot out there. I've checked on this a couple different times, and it's just, you know, you've got Rojas and Ellis that could play there, but it doesn't seem like there's anything out there that they're that enticed with. That doesn't mean that they're not going to do anything. But I think up until now, they, they haven't been, you know, blown away by what's out there to come play third base. So 
do you patchwork it and uh, just try to try to get through the season with what you have? Do you try to sign somebody or make a trade? I don't know. I mean, I you know Hazen's Hazen's pretty good at looking around and you know figuring out trades and getting players and you know, trade it for Zach Allen. So he's he's done trades before, and that that may be the direction you have to go. Yeah. But you might have to get through spring training. And have a team that says, okay, now I got through spring. Because what a lot of teams don't want to do is, okay, I got a couple third basemen, but I'm not going to trade you my guy now. I'm going to wait until spring. I've got to make sure my guy doesn't get injured. So I got to make sure my starter doesn't get injured. I trade the guy now and he gets injured before the start of the season. I look like an idiot because I had a good quality guy to play, but I traded him to you for a prospect. I mean, so teams want to get through spring training for trades, make sure that nobody gets injured. Okay, now now I could trade this guy. Sure. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. You won't miss any of the shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams, Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash, go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Dallas Mavericks and the Lakers are already in action, and if the Lakers lose tonight, they will officially be on the outside looking in. Would they stay there? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo. So as of right now, the LA Lakers are still the 10th seed in the Western Conference, which means as the 10th seed, they still have the last spot in the play-in tournament. But the Spurs last night beat the Houston Rockets, and because of that, San Antonio is only a half game back. Lakers are playing right now, and they're playing without Anthony Davis, and they're playing without LeBron James, and the game just started, but they're already losing in Dallas. So there's a real chance, not by the end of our show, Gambo, but certainly by the time we're back on the air tomorrow, that we're talking about a Western Conference standings that doesn't include the L.A. Lakers at all in any kind of play-in tournament. Now, that could change, and those two teams could bop back and forth for the last two weeks of the season. But the Lakers and the Spurs have pretty tough schedule down the rest of the way, and it's got some in the industry, and we'll play the Jay Will comments in a minute, questioning with LeBron James Hurt, is it even worth it for the Lakers to go for it at this point, to try to get the 10th seed in the NBA's Western Conference? And it's a really interesting conversation. Yeah, because, listen, you know the NBA wants the Lakers in, even if it's just for one round, right? I mean, you know, ratings, and for some reason, I, I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to watch the Lakers, but, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I mean, okay, if the Lakers are playing anybody else besides the Suns, my, my interest level is not just not that high. They're just not a good basketball team. Like, you know, I would much rather watch the Minnesota Timberwolves than the Los Angeles Lakers. Very much so. That's a team that I would. I'd rather watch the Timberwolves. I mean, they're playing much better. They've, they've really turned the corner. They look like a team that's on the rise. I mean, there's several teams I would rather watch than the Los Angeles Lakers. But there is a lot of discussion now, and I think the national media would just lose their mind if the Lakers aren't going to go to the playoffs uh, with LeBron James not going to the playoffs. But I think when you, you, you look at the, the possibility of shutting these guys down, I mean, maybe it's inevitable that, they, that they, they know that they can't win. I mean, they know they can't win. 
but do you do you come up with a built-in excuse? LeBron and AD were hurt down the stretch, and we couldn't play him, and now we're not in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. Here's what Jay Will said this morning on Get Up about you know what's in the best interest for LeBron at this point. You have a sore left knee that you missed multiple games already. Now you roll your left ankle. What are we trying to have LeBron James do at the age of 37? We're trying to have him come back and bite for a 10th seed. Like it, it gets to a certain point where you're thinking, what's in the best long-term interest of LeBron James mm. more so than short-term game? And I, and I really, I, I think what he said, it like crystallized the whole thing for me because it's like, okay, what what, what are we fighting for here for the LA Lakers? What are we trying to accomplish? We're trying to we're trying to get the 10th seed. So that we have to win two games back to back on the road for the right to get flogged by the Phoenix Suns in the first round of the playoffs, right? Or, or, or listen, I mean, we, we keep talking about what if they what if they get flogged by the Phoenix? Man, what if they don't even win the playing game? Of course, and they might not. Like if they lose their first playing game, they're done. Right? They might not. Like they're done. They'd have to win a playing game and then win another playing game to get in. That's absolutely. They'd have to. Like, what's the chances of them winning two they, games in a row against teams that are in their level? They'd have to beat the Pelicans on the road, and then they'd have to beat maybe the Clippers on the road or the Timberwolves on the road, depending on who won that I seven bet eight on matchup. That. No, I, I, I don't think the Lakers would be. And so, if you're LeBron, if you're LeBron, you might be thinking, you know what? I'm hurt. This season sucks. There's there's no pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. There is nothing we're playing for here. There's no chance for us to make any kind of a run in the postseason. Just shut it down. Shut it down. My ankle hurts. Anthony Davis's foot hurts. Westbrook was a giant mistake. The coach is going to be gone. I guarantee you within hours after the season is over for the Lakers, Frank Vogel is not going to be their head coach anymore. There's nothing there that's worth fighting for anymore for L.A. And with that, I wouldn't be surprised at all if LeBron James does shut it down for the rest of the season. Doesn't play for the rest of the year because there's just nothing worth it to be gained for the Lakers at this point. Nothing. No, and you know, um, I don't know how they're going to play it out. Like they could, they could. I mean, I would expect that they try to win these games, and they. But then you've got to win one game, you got to win another game, all for the right to get you know swept by the Phoenix Suns, or to go down in five games. But they can't compete with the Phoenix Suns, and on that level, I mean, it, unless there's look, there's people on that team that just like probably want to. You think Russell Westbrook wants to get, like the sooner the better, right? Right. <laughs> Get this Frank Vogel, like the sooner the better. Like if I'm not gonna be here, like, you know, let me get on my banana boat in in, in the Bahamas. Come uh-huh. on, let's let's move on with this. I mean, uh, there are probably a lot of those guys that are thinking about that right now. What is Because that's the biggest question for all those Laker players. What's the future? Not what not the present. The present is not the, the question. The, pre- the, 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 the future. What is the future? LeBron James has a contract extension coming up. Anthony Davis has got to be thinking to himself, do I want to be here? Mm-hmm. Like, I, mm-hmm. I came here, I won a championship, but like, okay, uh, you know, hey, LeBron did it. He went from Cleveland, and he went to Miami, and then he went to Cleveland, and he went to L.A. Like, do I, do I go somewhere else? I mean, these guys are all thinking about their future. They're not thinking about the present. Uh, Brian Windhorst today on Get Up, he was talking about what the Lakers are going to have to do this offseason to get out of this mess, and he made it sound like there's just too many moving parts. It's going to take threading a needle to get this Lakers team out of the current situation. They're going to have to hit a home run in free agency with very limited dollars. They are going to have to hit some sort of Russell Westbrook trade. And I'm not sure that Rob Palinka has demonstrated that he's going to be able to do it. The big thing here is in August, LeBron is eligible to sign a contract extension. So he will evaluate the moves in June and July. They don't have a draft pick. That's out the window. 
they will evaluate the moves in June and July and then extend or not. So this is going to be a very delicate couple of months when this season is mercifully hey, but does, over. But doesn't it feel like LeBron has kind of run out of opportunities to be able to say, I'm going to choose what I do based off of what you do. You know, like a hundred percent. I'm I'm going to choose what I do based off of whether you bend to my will or not. I don't know if LeBron James, man, the clock is ticking on his ability to dictate an organization's efforts the way he used to. I don't know how much of that he's got left in him, to be honest with you. I really uh, there are 10 teams that would take LeBron James right now. Are there 10 teams? Okay. I mean, the Miami Heat wouldn't take him. The Bucks wouldn't take him. Celtics wouldn't take him. Bulls wouldn't take him. Cavs wouldn't take him. Nets wouldn't take him. I mean, yes, okay, you could probably you come that, up with ten teams that would say, I think "Yeah, you we're good." Yeah, come up yes, with 10 absolutely. Teams. Okay, but what are we talking about? The Indiana Pacers, the Detroit Pistons, the Charlotte Hornets. I mean, who are you know destined for the old aging star to generate interest? Would the Grizzlies take him? I wouldn't think so. Would the Warriors take him? I don't know. I don't believe the Warriors would. Would the Mavs? Him. Nope. Most of the contending teams probably wouldn't at this point. Like Nuggets, the Warriors might. He'd come in and wreck everything. No, the Warriors wouldn't take LeBron he'd James. He'd come in and wreck absolutely everything if he came in. I, I, would, I the, would the Timberwolves? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Would I mean, Popovich take him? I, I don't know, Gamo. I mean, I'm just saying, like, Portland maybe, right? Okay. Hey, Dame, we got you LeBron for a year. I mean, I, like I'm saying, like, I think you'd, I'd be thinking you'd be hard pressed to find 10 teams that would want this guy. Yeah. WWE 2K22 is out now. Throw down with the biggest and most realistic WWE superstars and legends on PlayStation or Xbox. Head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com now for your chance to win a copy. He's been a bright spot off the bench as of late and in crucial moments as well. Landry Shamit, Suns guard. He'll join us next on the Burns and Gambo Show.